start by welcoming the six million listeners uh, that are always <laughs> listening to our podcast, giving us generating massive amounts of passive revenue that we can live off for for years. Uh, you're listening to the podcast, um, Film Theory 101, Psych, uh, where we interview friends and family uh, about their favorite movie. Um, hopefully, not coughing the entire time. Okay, and, I'm sorry. <laughs> And we interview them about their favorite films and, um, and uh, try and take a, a psychological approach to it since we're all psych- psychological students. Uh, Great intro, Tim. Yeah. Tim, say who you are. Uh, I'm Tim, uh, one of the co-hosts. Uh, I'll let the other co-host introduce herself. Hi, I'm Paige. And then today in the, in the online studio, we have one of our cohort members, Jesse. Hi, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jesse uh, is also a master's student at the University of Denver, studying international disaster psychology. Uh, and coincidentally, she has a favorite movie. So we thought, so those two things combined made her the perfect guest for this podcast. Perfect <laughs> candidate and first guest. Hooray. Yeah, this is our first Yay. guest. This is exciting. That is exciting. I didn't know that. How come I didn't know that? Anyway, um, well, you know, we've only been recording for for six months now, and we just get the first <laughs> guest. Episode number three. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, that makes sense. Grad yeah. school's hard. It's busy. Yeah, it there's, is. There's it a lot going busy. on. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So let's just jump into a little bit about uh what Jesse is all about. Um, Jesse, why don't you give us a little, a little short biography of yourself? Okay. Um. Uh... I'm from, I'm originally from um, Albany, New York, and I went to university there and um, studied public health and loved it so much and kind of focused a lot of my work on HIV, AIDS, and ended up in South Africa where I met my partner and then moved to New York City and did some more HIV, AIDS work there. Um, got kind of sick in New York and so decided to randomly move to Denver. Um, there was really no rhyme or reason why Denver was just kind of on a list of places we'd like to live. And we just decided to come here, uh, ended up working with eating disorders for a while and then went back to school and I got to meet you lovely people. And so, yeah. Yes, and I think yeah, I'm meant to be. Uh, there was kind of a major life event that happened for you recently. Do you want to do you want to share that? <laughs> yeah, um, I got engaged last week, Aww. which is very exciting. You've been engaged for seven days. I have been engaged for exactly oh, wow. guys. I'm just counting it on the calendar every single day. You know, post- <laughs> and she every wakes day. up and she goes, "Day eight is day. all tomorrow will mean to her." <laughs> It still feels really weird. Yeah, I'm sure everything's <laughs> changed. Yeah, my life has completely changed, guys, because I got a ring. Yeah. On a I social, social socially constructed standing. Yeah, you've been life. acting pretty different, too. I know, guys. I've been a real major. Uppity. I've been, I've been really <laughs> naughty lately. I'm sorry. Also, can we swear? Yeah. Sure. Okay. Cool. We I haven't yet. Because you know me. I... I also have a potty mouth, so I apologize for listeners. Uh, it goes with that haircut. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. If you don't know me. I have the side of my head shaved. In a very stylish way. Thank you. Sometimes it gets Not a in... little too long. Like in a little, it's like shaved in like a V for Vendetta kind of way. <laughs> <laughs> that was a nice segue. No, it's not, but... let's not let's not get into that yet tim ask your psychologically revealing questions of jesse let's really get to know her let's stay in deep and i'm actually really nervous for what you're gonna ask me Um, i was too but it's wild cards and i don't (laughs) (laughs) okay i'd say tim is more of a wild card than me i don't know Paige. sometimes you just instigate things and it's really hard to know where you're coming from you try to start a dog fight (laughs) I mean, it doesn't get more wild card than that. Okay, I am no Michael Vick. Okay, I was clearly <laughs> making a joke. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dog fighting's really funny. <laughs> okay, Tim, you thought it was funny. Tim also is just... Do you want to get on your soapbox real quick about rescue dogs? Yeah, yeah, you know what? I think I do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there are plenty of dogs in this country. We don't, we don't need designer dogs. People go out and buy a specific dog. All right. Plenty of dogs don't have homes, and those are the dogs that we should be adopting, not the ones that are just 
being bred specifically to be pets. That's ridiculous. I what if you don't like shedding? Then you shouldn't have a dog. <laughs> this could be a nice plug for some shelters in Denver. There's Dumb Friends League yes. and the No Kill Shelter. And there's the Den- I think it's Denver called Max. Animal Shelter. There's some animal shelter. Like, there's also a really fancy one in Boulder. Yeah. Do you want to adopt a dog from a no kill shelter? Or do you want to adopt it from a kill shelter? That's because a good point, actually. Like, but the no kill shelter gets full. Yeah, but you know those dogs uh, aren't gonna get killed. I know, but then there's no space for the dogs that will be killed. Okay, so it's all related. A lot of dilemmas there. Uh yeah, so let's just jump into some psychologically revealing questions. I really just <laughs> oh, have no. The, the last time I gave these questions, I was kind of making them up on the fly. Um, I thought a a fun a fun thing we could do. This isn't necessarily a question I'm realizing, but um, I thought if we all just took a, a quick quiet moment to think about what role does Jesse fill in the classroom, and then on the count of three, we can all say that role. Oh my goodness! Like one word. Well, whatever role it is, you know, like she is the teacher's pet. She's the, uh, <laughs> you know, she's a jock. She's uh, what, what have you. She's the nerd. She's the nerd. Nerd. Okay. The Do I also, am oh, I also yeah. playing? Yes, yes. Oh, I am? Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. I, I have mine. Do you guys have yours? I mean, Tim, you've had so much time to think of this. <laughs> All right. This well, is unfair. Well, let's just be like a reaction thing. It shouldn't take that long. Okay, well, why don't you go first? Instead of saying it at once, why don't you just go first? Well, I think, yeah. I think it'd be funnier to go all at, all at once. But then I can't hear you guys. I have poor listening skills. Apparently. Yeah. Right. That's what I was going to That was going to be mine. Poor listener. <laughs> <laughs> really bad therapist. <laughs> um, I don't... I feel like one word is hard. Well, then say, you know what? Say, say a phrase. one word. Okay, fine. I guess I put that limit on myself. Yeah. This will impact the rest of our friendship. <laughs> That's <a shame>. No, <laughs> no okay. pressure. Let's do it. Okay. On three or after three? After three. So one, two, three, and then it. And then say it. Okay, great. All right. Ready? Yeah. Here we go. My- <laughs> One. The build up insane. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. One, two, three. No organized talk. <laughs> What'd you say? Jesse, did you say know it all for yourself? Yes, I think sometimes, I think sometimes I can be really annoying. And so that's so why I always tell you guys, I'm like, if I talking too much please tell me <laughs> yeah you've said that since like day one and we've all been like jesse it's fine yeah. no but it's called insecurity and i just like to <laughs> check in every once in a while <laughs> on this podcast publicly yeah, yes you know i just i want to be open that therapists also have insecurities no, so I, I think it's good that you talk a lot because you're normally the only one that's done the reading Sometimes, sometimes it's only Speak max. for yourself, Tim. Oh, okay. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, yeah, Max about, also does all. What'd you say about Jesse Page? I said organized talker. Oh, am I? So, so you're very organized. I don't think they're like they go together necessarily. Although you're talking usually is like some sort of organization, but I do think you're like the most organized person in our cohort, and also who like make sure we all get together for things. Mm. Yeah. Also, you are one of the people that like, even one of our professors was like, yeah, if no one's saying anything, I know I can count on like <laughs> Jenny, Ashley or Max to say something. <laughs> Last one, I know, can I tell you our psycho farm, none, none of you took psycho farm with me, but mm-hmm. our psycho farm, farm professor would kind of like continue to make eye contact with me because I think I would kind of, look at him and then I got really nervous that I couldn't break eye contact and so I just kind of felt like he kept talking to me throughout our entire lecture but I was like oh no now I can't now I can't break away from this intense oh, yeah. eye contact that's happening <laughs> so I got to a real I... predicament well thanks Thank guys you. for the compliments no you're welcome you're welcome all right what else we I mean, we know Jesse's a talker yeah <laughs> uh... I guess 
forum for her. <laughs> um, fun fact, I was actually really shy as a kid. Oh, I believe really? that. Yeah, my parents like, thought that they were actually really nervous that I would have like some sort of speech deficiency because I just never talked. <laughs> Good for you. And so I'm making up for lost time. There you go. You have a lot to yeah. say. Always. Yeah. All right. I'm going to... I'm going to reuse one of the questions I use with Paige because I just, I think it's a good one. Um, uh, all right. So there's three boxes of movie trivia on the shelf. And you got to play one of them. All right. Okay. And the movie trivia games have different categories. All right. Okay. Uh, <laughs> the first box is uh, romantic comedies. Uh-huh. Uh, the second box is a uh, diehard box set. Uh, okay. And the third one is uh, horror movies before 2000. Which one do you pick? Oh, none of them. Okay. So, okay. <clears throat> if I had to pick, I would have to pick romantic comedies only because I've never seen Die Hard. <laughs> That's fair. That was, that, was a bad, that was a bad pick on my part. And I really it was. don't like. He changed it up from last and time. And I really what don't was... like horror movies. Like I, I accidentally watched Stranger, the one with like the home invasion. Strangers, Strangers. is that what it's called? I accidentally yeah. watched that, and I was like, "Why am I watching this?" Also, home invasion movies are so scary. <laughs> All right. Uh-uh. I disagree. Home invasion movies not as scary as ghost movies. Oh, they're all scary. But, like, I also don't like romantic comedies because I think it perpetuates really negative stereotypes about women and oh, just okay. about love in general. And so, you know. But, like, how about The Big Sick, though? I didn't finish watching it because we fell asleep. <laughs> yeah. I know, I'm sorry. I'm sleepy. All right, here, here, let me change it up then. What, what movie trivia game category would you want to play, just of any of them? Um... Probably like Judd Apatow, like mm. those kinds of movies, <laughs> because I watch them so many times. Just like forgetting Sarah Marshall. Yeah, forgetting Sarah Marshall, like Knocked Up, Forty Year Old Virgin, like all those movies. Anything with like Steve Carell and Will Ferrell, like all those humans would just be great. Okay. Well, I think we've got a pretty good psychological picture at this point. Um, Paige, okay. Paige, any, Paige, any follow-up questions for um, I like the dream question. What was the last dream that you remember? Oh. Um, I had a really weird dream last night, and I don't remember yes. what it was. I think I've been having stress dreams for, like, no reason. Mm, but same. something about, like, of course you remember it as soon as you wake up and you're like, I'm going to remember this all day. And then I don't remember now. Yeah. But it was something about like going somewhere. Wow. This is a really not good synopsis of my dream. I, I dreamt about something and it was stressful. I don't remember what it is. <laughs> and you were going somewhere. <laughs> right. And I was yeah. going somewhere with someone and I felt like it was really normal at the time. But when I woke up, I was like, wow, that was kind of weird. Hmm. Hmm. See some travel in your future. That would be great. Wow. That I don't He's have actually not a psychologist. He's like a <laughs> fortune teller. <laughs> I hope you have tarot cards. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing it while you're talking. Just reading. <laughs> Put my palm up to like the video camera. Okay. There you go. <laughs> all right. All right. That's all. That's all I got. Yeah, cool. I think that's a good place to end that part. We're only 20 minutes in. We're killing it. How long is this usually? Uh, it's varied a little bit. The first episode was like an hour. Yeah, I think the next one's actually a little bit longer. Well, we can talk. Yeah, I don't <laughs> to talk about. All right, Jesse, what movie are we talking about today? Okay, so I picked, well, when Tim asked me what my favorite movie was, of course, as an indecisive person, I really couldn't decide. <laughs> um, but, but I do love V for Vendetta. Um, I watch it probably at least once a year. Wow. It's so good. It's such a good movie. It's like one of the few serious movies that I feel like I can still watch because I've stopped watching like really serious stuff since we kind of like started school and work and everything because it's it's a lot yeah. of stuff. Mm. So it's nice to watch something light. But I love Viva Vendetta always. <clears throat> and what, what do you like hmm. about it? Um, I think 
It's fascinating because I think every time I watch it, I always figure out something different or new because the first, so I had to look it up that it came out in 2005. And so I think I saw it, the very first time I saw it, I think was when it came out. I didn't see it in the theater, but so I was probably like, I don't know, 16 or something when, when I first saw it. And so like, of course, like as I'm getting older and I'm realizing more and more things about the movie um, or like about the themes and everything. And then, also, as we get closer, because I think it's set in like 2027, oh. which oh. back which back in like 2005 was not that was like kind of you know decently far into the future, but now that's less than 10 years. Yeah. And so, as we get closer to that time, and I think about, and I like have a better understanding as an adult about our current political system, <clears throat> the way that things are going, it's kind of interesting slash scary, but fascinating still. Mm. And so. Mm. I just think it's, and I think it's beautifully shot. I think it's a really well done movie. Um, and also, like, I love Natalie Portman, so that helps a lot. Well, who doesn't? And that's true. I like Natalie Portman in serious roles. I think Natalie Portman, I was thinking about this as I was watching, but I think Natalie Portman kind of struggles when she's trying to play just, like, average, run-of-the-mill kind of lady. You like, think? Like, in No Strings Attached. Have you seen that movie? Yes. With her and Ashton Kutcher, I'm kind of yeah. like, I don't really believe it. I think I she's got to be going through some, like, harrowing shit in order for, <laughs> like, me to believe her as an actress. Yes, I agree. I think she's much better in serious roles. Although she is pretty funny in SNL. Right. Like, I think if, but she's also being pretty extreme in SNL, mm-hmm. you know? That's true. Like, I just feel like maybe she's just not a normal person. <laughs> so when she tries to just be like, hey, I'm just like an average run-of-the-mill kind of lady, people are like, no, you're not. You're kind of weird. <laughs> but I kind of feel like really good actors and actresses are kind of not run-of-the-mill people. No, well, yeah, true. but they if they are good actors and actresses, they should be able to play normal. So maybe she's just not a good actress. No, that's not it. No, don't say that about her. <laughs> well, I mean, that's just what, that's what you just said. <laughs> Well, Listen, I, think I, about know, it, but... I think about it like, you know, when professor, you can tell a professor is really, really smart and really good at what they do, but they try to teach like a one-on-one or one-on-two class and they kind of lose all of us. I think yeah. of it like that way, like you're being told to play like a very normal, quote unquote, normal person. And so they're like, I don't really know what that means. <laughs> There's right, like, no like I've been so in this for so right. long. Mm-hmm. Right. But anyway. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Anyway, sorry, that was just my little surprising thought I had about Natalie Portman during this movie. I think, I think that's an appropriate thought. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Um, did we give, like, a... Give us... Oh, yeah, tell us what the movie's about, yeah, please. Yeah, give us an opposite of this episode. Um, so, it's set in... It's supposed to be, like, dystopian, futuristic, but, you know, now we know it's kind of set in less than 10 years from now, so we'll kind of take that with a grain of salt. <laughs> but it's set in... England and um, it's kind of this like government has taken over complete control and it's very um, segregated and pretty racist Um, or basically like they've concentration camps for anyone that's not like a heterosexual white person Um, and then there's a kind of like shadowy character named V who kind of takes Natalie Portman and tries to show her all the things that's wrong with their society and kind of creates this uprising against the government in the process um, as he's kind of revealing all these things that horrible things that happened to him and and other people in the country. Um, Yeah. Nice. Very well done. Is that a good? (laughs) Yeah. Good. I'm an organized talker. That's good. Oh, you're such an organized talker. Thank you. Your speech is very organized. It's a nice change. I know, thank you. It's not tangential. Yes, yeah, disorganized. <laughs> also, guys, I did not realize that this was the like the Matrix people. Oh yeah, that whole thing seen at the end—it's all Matrix. It's very Matrixy. Yeah, the guy who plays V is from the Matrix, isn't he? Yeah, he's a uh, Agent Smith. Yes. Which is also interesting then to like think about this movie as being written by and directed. Wait, directed too? No, or just writers. No, they just they produced it, and I think they wrote it. Oh, yeah. So the writers of, like, two trans women. Yeah, that's true. I mean, at the time, they were still brothers. They were still, like, the brothers, yeah. Yeah. Siblings or 
Yeah. I think they still go under brother. I don't know. Well then. I don't know if they do. It does. Um, well, Lily and Lana are their names now. Um, and it says like in the credits, it says like they were writers as the, what, how do you pronounce their last name? Wachowski brothers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've also heard Wachowski, oh, okay. so I don't know. Uh, all right. Well, that's pretty good. I think we got a pretty good idea what the, what the movie's about. Um, if you haven't se- if you're listening to this and you haven't seen the movie, it came out in 2005. So I don't know. Get your shit together. It's ridiculous. It's on, it's on <laughs> Netflix. The game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Jesse, what uh, what stands out to you uh, uh, in this movie as being particularly salient? Uh, you said that every time you watch it, you get something new. Um, what what have you yeah. gotten recently? I think so. One of my internships now, we talk a lot about radicalization and discrimination, and I think especially in our current climate in the United States, it's just kind of it's weird to watch a movie that kind of glorifies anarchy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But, but in a way that if it makes you like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have, if I were some, a character in the movie, like I would have also probably been part of the uprising because the government is incredibly corrupt. And so when do we, when are we like socially okay with anarchy and when are we not okay with it? And I think those lines are super gray. Um, And I think about where we're at right now and how our government is, disappointing a lot of our um a lot of the a lot of the citizens and people who live here and so um yeah and just kind of like the parallels that we see where we're going and i i just it's just interesting to think about in a more realistic sense Mm -hmm. yeah i definitely had thoughts about that as well like what are what are the kind of parallels drawn between our situation today and what's going on in the movie because i think um, there's a lot of similarities, uh, even as far as like a totalitarian regime and uh, sort of ha- uh, uh, this idea of um, terrorism and extremism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, and it's so hard, right? Because like I, you feel so much em- in the movie. You feel so much empathy for for V and for Evie and like her parents and all the other kind of not side characters, but they're still major characters Mm -hmm. um, for the plot, but all the individual stories you hear about people. And I think, and I just keep thinking back to like where we're at in, in our space. And I think about how, you know, when we read history books, we're like, Oh, like if we lived way back then when oppression was occurring, then I would have done something about it, Mm -hmm. but that oppression is still happening now. And probably who knows more or less intense i think media plays a huge role which is hard to parse out reality versus kind of what we're projecting but um how far of a stand do we take and what does that look like and what's our role and i think especially as i think about it especially in our capacity as therapists like can i go to like depending on where i work can i go to a protest and if I'm seen there, is that bad? Like if I, when I worked for, when I was at the jail, all that stuff was happening, all the marches and stuff. And I knew that <clears throat> a lot of the officers were prepping to be um, at the march in case it got violent. And I was like, well, if they see me there, then does that compromise my relationship with them in the jail? Mm. Because they mm. kind of, they're, you know, they're a huge part of how I can see clients. And so, um, yeah, I just think that's interesting. Yes, Paige? Uh, no, sorry. I'm having a lot of thoughts, but like I, I think it's similar too to like um that Black Mirror episode in one of the first couple seasons. This also kind of reminded me a lot of Black Mirror also. Um but what was the one where like I'm sure I remembered what it was, but it was about politics and how there was like this like um hologram cartoon who like ended up actually like winning office and how mm. they ended up kind of drawing a lot of parallels to like the Trump presidency and Trump campaign with this kind of episode of Black Mirror and everyone was like, "Well, we didn't we didn't really mean for this to happen, but <laughs> here we are." Um but yeah, just like I mean, this was made in what Oh, five. And so I wonder too, like, 
with the writers how if they were looking more kind of back in time at like things that have happened with like Nazis and kind of like in the past World War Two, or if they were kind of thinking like this future, like if it could even be a possibility for the future, you know? Yeah. Well, I think it's actually a graphic novel. Mm-hmm. And then, so like, I mean, to your point page, it was published or written even further back than 2005. So right. in, in black and white in like 82, 85, it's just interesting to think about it that way of like when they, when the writers wrote it, were they thinking about like what's to come or how history kind of repeats itself and, Unfortunately, I don't think people ever completely learn from their mistakes, which is frustrating. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah. Right. It just feels like we're in a cycle. Yeah. Well, I think, um, I mean, that's an interesting point you bring up, right? Were they looking at the past or looking at the future? And um, I think the answer is kind of both, right? Because it was written sort of looking at these past ideas. But when they made the movie, you know, 20, 30 years later, um, Mm They use a lot of uh, images uh, and symbolism from things that were happening more recently. So it's kind of a amalgamation of both the past uh, and the and the current situation, um, and really how they're both kind of similar uh, in a lot of in a lot of ways. I also really loved the um, Count of Monte Cristo stuff because that was my favorite book I ever had to read for school in high I school. I never read that. Yeah, I didn't read oh that one either. What makes me think of a sandwich? So it makes me really, I don't really know. (laughs) (laughs) I hate it. It makes me hungry. (laughs) Everything makes me hungry though, guys. It's fair. It's a personal Um, problem. It's okay. But I also was just like, how are we like, all I could think about was the Phantom of the Opera. Yes. The entire time. I was like, like, I feel much better than Phantom of the Opera. You what? It's much better. <laughs> yeah, Phantom Opera's creepy. He like lives in the basement of this. It's I actually know you're right. There are a lot of similarities now that I think about it. Like literally, like she like wants to take off the mask. The only difference is like she didn't rip off his mask. Like I, the whole time I was like, cause I haven't seen this movie in probably like six years, and so I was like very like bated breath. Like is it? Rip it off! I can't remember. I was like, he's gonna freak out. <laughs> So, and I also don't. <laughs> I don't love that they like fell in love. Did they? You don't like it, or well, he said he like love. I think they. Do you think they fell in love, or do you think that they loved each other for what they represented? I like. I mean, I would be much happier if it was the latter, but I don't know. Just like the kiss at the end, like I was just like, man, I don't do. I don't like that. Huh. Well, <laughs> I mean. I can I can understand that frustration. I think um, what I kind of took away from it was, uh, and I think this is a pretty this is a pretty. I mean, if you've seen the movie, you get this pretty instantly. But the idea that V is not uh, just a person, right? He's uh, is sort of representation of an idea, and that's kind of what she falls in love with. It's not this person, but this sort of idea of sort of a better future. Yeah, I agree. Like he, it's what he represents and what he gave her. Yeah. But also something I wanted to bring up too is I was curious about what you guys thought about the the whole part of like her being tortured and thinking that she was being captured and it was really him. And I was like, this feels kind of like Stockholm syndrome. Yeah. Like that's I wrote that in my notes. <laughs> did you? Look at you writing notes. <laughs> Just on my phone in my notes app, but. Still but, but I remember like watching it when I was when it first came out or like when I was younger and I was like this is such a pivotal part like she's so like I would everyone would be very upset if this ever happened to them but she comes out like a new basically mm-hmm. but also like as an adult I'm like it's kind of fucked up like she could have been like really bad things could have happened to her mm-hmm. and also like I don't know just seems really interesting mm-hmm. yeah well I think um probably I mean I I, I don't know how much I don't know how much work you have actually with as far as extremism, but um, I mean, I'm curious. I really have no idea. I'm curious what that process, what her, what she went through in the film, how similar that is to maybe um, how people will become extremists in the real world, right? How do they get, how do they make yeah. that? So, so I'm, I'm, I'm curious if there's any parallels there. I don't know if anyone actually knows the answer to that. Yeah, I think when we talk, when we look at people who have been on a path to extremism, they already have like this internalized grievance against 
against something and wanting like some sort of identity and a sense of belonging. And so that kind of that gap in, in wanting to know who you are and where you fit in, I think radicalized groups kind of find that space and um, kind of go for vulnerable people who are looking for a place to belong. And so when they give them that place to belong, they then kind of say, here, we're your community, here, we're your group, you come to us if you ever need anything. And they kind of slowly integrate them into a space of feeling really comfortable where, and then when you, when you get to, it's kind of like the allegory of the frog in boiling water. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. the frogs don't realize that they're in boiling water until it's too late. And so I think that's kind of what happens. You get slowly introduced and you don't want to let go of this new group that has embraced you so much. And so by the time you get to the end of it, you're either completely, you know, into the idea of <clears throat> what they're standing for, or you kind of go, oh no, it's kind of too late and I don't know how to leave without feeling like I'm in danger. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like for her, it just feels like very, almost like Beauty and the Beastie, like <laughs> <laughs> she's imprisoned and like doesn't really talk to anyone but of course she gets the letter a real life letter from a real life person and she kind of sees the other side so I don't know yeah I just yeah that was like I don't know and I think that's kind of why like at the end with the kiss I was like okay so if it is all about this idea and V stands for this like concept more than a person like, I feel like the kiss kind of cheapens that idea then mm-hmm. and then bumps you back to like, oh, it's just Stockholm syndrome. Like, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. Oh, that's true. How else do you think she would sh- or maybe she just wouldn't show her affection for the idea and would, it would just be like she would go off and do something specific, like in action in the community well, or I think it's just like that message is communicated through all of the rest of the movie, you know? And it's just like, just adding on the kiss makes it seem very like confusing and kind of muddies those waters. But like, I think, you know, surrounding him in the underground with like the roses and like, that's kind of very much sending him off as like this idea of like challenging the system. And I feel like that all works. They kissed me to be like, oh man, what's really going on for you then, Natalie? Are you good? (laughs) Do you need help? So your your takeaway was you hated the kiss. I hated the kiss. And I didn't think I would, and it's interesting because like the last time I watched it, I think I was like in early college and I did not hate the kiss at all. But now I'm like, (laughs) that was a terrible choice. (laughs) I don't hate it that, I mean, it's, it's kind of whatever to me. But I totally see your point because you're right. Like it, maybe that is what makes me think it's very Stockholm syndrome. Like, hmm. right. But yeah, just the fact that he like, oh, I, I guess I am. Does it feel creepy? It kind of feels creepy, and especially like the like, how long did he keep her locked up in there? Yeah, because actually, when I was watching, I think I remember when I watched it when I was younger. I think I, oh, gosh. I remember thinking that he had like an affection for her, like a loving, like a kind of like fan of the opera. Like he loved her, but he knew that she would never love him. But I think now that I watch him as adult, as an adult, he saw something greater in her than just like who she was and that she could kind of help move this thing along. So I guess, I don't know what's better. Like the fact that he was in love with her or like he saw her as a tool. (laughs) But like, I think it's both. Because, like, when she leaves after, you know, he's like, there will be no more locked doors. And then she leaves. And then he just, like, balls. But it's sad. Like, you spend a lot of time with somebody and you really care about them. But it doesn't mean that you're romantically in love with them. You know, like, I care about a lot of people that I'm not romantically in love with. <laughs> oh, good. Are... Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler, Shane. Sorry. <laughs> Get out of here. You can yeah. do that. I know, guys. But I do feel like he he didn't he did say well I guess that does still doesn't mean that much if he says I love you. Uh. <laughs> I don't want to tell you guys I love you all the time. That is true. I guess, but I don't know. I just still feel like there were too many parallels to Phantom of the Opera that it had to be on purpose. Like these filmmakers are not dumb. But do you think it was the graphic novel that went off Phantom of the Opera or like the movie? I don't know. I've never read the graphic novel. I'd be very, I didn't know it existed until about 10 minutes ago, 
I mean, Phantom of the Opera is like old. When it's did that old. Come? Actually, a lot of critics talked about um, how it mirrors elements from Phantom of the Opera. And it talks about how it takes parallels from The Count of Monte Cristo. Yes, uh, which you guys know nothing about. Yeah, but other than Sandwiches, fair. The Third Reich, and 1984 by George Orwell. Yeah, oh, okay. So there's, there's a lot, a lot of references in it. Yeah, but also like nothing is really ever original, right? Well, yeah, that's fair. There's a really good This American Life podcast or like episode. Have you guys ever heard of This American Life? <laughs> we don't really plug <laughs> other podcasts on our podcast. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. They don't need any more publicity. They don't. But there's a really good one I listened to a while ago, and it talks about like the origin and originality of music, hmm. and they kind of trace back popular songs all the way back to like a song in like night in like 1800s just kind of showing that nothing is ever really original and so when we kind of criticize something for for seeming too much like something else it's kind of a totally human flaw and error that we all have because nothing's you know nothing's completely you know original <laughs> trying to think of a different word, but it didn't work. Not to nailed it. Let's talk about characters. Also, I just do want to say that I really wanted to shave my head after I first saw this movie when I was like 16. <laughs> and then, and then I was like, well, what if my head's bumpy? And so I did. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, I was actually thinking about that when they were cutting her hair. Like, uh, I feel like at the time it was a little more extreme in 2005. Like, now I feel right. like it's, it's not that big of a deal. Um, right. I remember Anne at Hathaway. the time kind of being a kind of being a bigger deal. No, I just think that that's true for a lot of the things in this movie. Like I was just I was reading about it and like people were like this is the most pro gay film ever that's come out like in 2005. Yeah. Like they're portraying oh. lesbians as like people which in 2005 I feel like was like wait a minute, what? Right. Just like a gay movie? <laughs> I, right. I, I didn't is it? Well, well people, it's been praised for the, yeah. like, yeah. The visibility. But right. Just the one guy, the TV show host. No, the, the letter from the woman who she kind of goes through her uh, yeah. when she's, when Natalie Portman's character's imprisoned. Uh-huh. We kind of go through this woman's, like, letter, and she talks about how she grew up and what her life looked like. Yeah, uh, but... I mean, it portrays her in, like, a pretty terrible situation. I wouldn't... But I think it shows, like, she's, like, a normal young girl mm-hmm. who is struggling with her sexuality because no one will mm-hmm. accept her. And then she's finally able to find happiness, and then the government comes in and, like, kills both of them. Yeah, no, I guess, I, right. you know, all right, I guess that's a good point. <laughs> I just, it seems like... Thank you. It's just kind of, I guess maybe I'm just a little shocked thinking about it, thinking about, like... That's such a that's probably like ten minutes of the whole movie, um, and like to say that's the most pro gay movie at the time is just kind of crazy to think about. Yeah, but like think of, like that visibility is so important, even if it's just for and it's a really for me is a really pivotal part of the movie because I mean that's kind of what gives her strength, right? To hear mm-hmm. about someone else's story. Yeah, and no. if we. Yeah, I mean, I but I don't know. I, no, I'm not I'm not trying to slam it or anything. I'm just thinking, no, like, no, I know. That's, that's crazy in 2005. That's the most pro-gay movie we could think of. Like, I know. And just seems... Although I will point out, Brokeback Mountain came back came out in 2005, too. So oh, that's something Ooh. to think about. Wow. I like that. 2005 was a very enlightening time for movies. Yeah, it's a big year. Big year. Yeah, big year. All right. I've got a question for you. For both of you. Yeah. About oh, this movie. So, uh-huh. uh, what do you think? What do you think V stood for? Like, what was what was his? Uh, we talk about him as representing an idea. What do you think that idea was? Like, what? I mean, like having a voice and having freedom to express yourself. I guess. Yeah. Right. I don't. I don't know if there is a right answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. I mean. Tim, what do you think it is? Uh, you know, I don't know. That's why I was asking. Paige. <laughs> okay, I was just wondering if you sometimes you ask questions that you already have ideas about. Uh, I mean, I have an idea, oh. but I want to hear yours first. 
I mean, I just like in a very simple way, it's like the revolution of like, I guess if we're kind of taking it into a maybe just like anyone who's uh, I don't know if I want to go that that's a pretty big leap of like anyone who's like different or outsiders. Um, But I think like just in general, he like symbolizes more freedom in this like very strict um society like freedom yeah. of individuals and society mm-hmm. i don't know anarchy anarchy <laughs> well i mean in the sense anarchy is kind of freedom so i don't think you're too far off there yeah and his his v in the circle is very uh reminiscent of anarchy right <laughs> What do you think, Tim? Um, I don't know. It's kind of similar to what you were saying, Jesse. I think, um, and kind of what I what I said before, this idea of sort of a a different and hopefully better future. Um, but I also think, in kind of a negative kind of connotation, this idea that we're going to get there by any means possible. Um, <laughs> and in this film, that happens to be a a pretty violent way of doing that. Yeah. Which I think. Um, kind of blend into the i don't i don't know which i think this movie does really well it's kind of blend this idea of like what is it and i think you've talked about this before jesse like this idea of when is it a when is it appropriate to take these kinds of measures and and when is it not and how much are people going to put up with before um they feel like violence is justified Um, right like vigilante like it's funny i was watching the scene where I, th- I don't remember who's like doing a monologue, but like they're showing scenes of of kind of like everyday people living their lives. And there's there's a scene where like a young girl in like the mask gets shot. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And and then everyone like goes after that. Like everyone's like now all up in arms. And I'm like, okay. As much as I would wish that that would happen in our country, that is not what's happening. So that's kind of that's really sad that like the thing that we thought would kind of catalyze or like be a catalyst for for change or for something different is not that anymore yeah. in our country right. like kids are dying every day in schools and um and nothing's changing mm-hmm. and so then so then what is the thing right like before we thought it was going to be children being impacted and that's not the thing anymore right yeah i think I think that's a really good point. I think, um, you know, maybe our society hasn't gotten to that point where we feel uh, like there's no other option but to turn against the government. Which is I don't know, though. Like, (laughs) I think that people are there. Like, I... I feel like we're closer than we were in 2005, for sure. Yeah. (laughs) Like, pre-election, the things that, like, people were saying of, like, if... Hillary is elected, like we will come up in arms, mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. Like that was very real, and that was like very much in like the Midwest and like the. I mean, I don't know. People are angry, and people are kind of always angry, but especially yeah. right now. And I think too in this movie, I think about like there are no different groups of people. Everyone is just kind of seen as one big society. Mm-hmm. Of course, other than the people that they totally, you know, genocide and killed. But um, I think about our society and I don't know if there's anything that would ever bring us all together in as a as a as a like cohesive unit against another thing, because I think it's always like sex of people. So it's either like really conservative people would come up against Hillary or like, you know, Mm -hmm. more liberal people coming up against what's happening right now what about like a massive nuclear war well it wouldn't be but then we would left. all be against yeah we wouldn't we wouldn't be against our own government we'd be against another group of people right but if you're looking just like country by country would that bring our country together i mean it would probably short like i think about Iraq and Afghanistan Mm -hmm. like it did for a hot minute until we were like oh wait that was a really fucking stupid idea Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah (laughs) and so I don't know yeah what would what would be a unifying thing 
Well, I think I honestly go ahead Tim. No, well, I was I was just thinking about this, right? Because in the movie, right, uh, V uh, blows up the um, the old Bailey, not old Bailey. Yeah, Justice, whatever. The, was it old thing. Bailey? Isn't that no? Isn't it was that like Irish. A pot, isn't that a drink? <laughs> no, Bailey, Bailey on ice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that can't be right. Um, uh, no, but he blows up a building, right? To sort in the, in the parliament. Well, yeah, at, at the end he does, and that sort of unifies everybody. And I'm just thinking about sort of the the parallel. I hope this isn't too offensive. The parallel to 9/11, right? He uses this destruction of a, a symbol to unify people mm-hmm. against the government. Um, and when 9-11 happened, there was this sort of massive unification of the U.S. Um, to support the government. Um, yeah. And, then, and, yeah. and that's, you know, Iraq and Afghanistan kind of came after that. But I think that's um, kind of along the lines of what you were thinking of what you were talking about, Paige. This idea that, yeah. you know, there are major events that sort of coalesce different groups of people into something in the um, against something in the real world. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that is kind of a tall order to to get people to act against their own government like that but i even think about 9-11 and it's although it unified us in some way kind of being very patriotic it it encouraged a lot of people to be against arab and muslim Mm -hmm. identified or appearance by appearance you know individuals and kind of create a lot of violence towards their community and I wonder if there ever could be a thing or if there is any sort of unifying factor that would unify all members or all people who live in the United States. And I guess we're all so different um, in a lot of different ways, like race, ethnicity, religion, sexual and gender identity, you know, legal status that like maybe our differences are too vast where we could all be unified under one idea. Well, thinking about that, right, in the movie, like you said, they they commit genocides against these different groups of people, which left them the sort of, the sort of homogeneous group of people, the only people that were left. So right. in the movie, it was a lot easier to, to motivate this group of people because they all were the same. So they kind of undid themselves in the movie. Yeah, well, that's true. So it's a little bit easier. It's so funny whenever I think about, they're like, you know, Holland is the happiest country. I'm like, yeah, but that's because they have everyone's exactly the same. <laughs> of course, like and they polar bears, right? And like they're all like white, tall, beautiful, blonde, blue-eyed people. <laughs> like, because I don't want to say homogeneity is is a marker for happiness. Like South Korea is a very unhappy country. Um, so even though everyone's Korean, essentially for the most part, it's not as diverse as you know northern america or anything like that but um i think whiteness has a lot to do with it as well so Mm -hmm. yeah and do we know anything about what v looked like before looked like hugo before (laughs) what looked like hugo weaving the actor who played him no, like, oh, I guess a picture of him we can just assume that he was a white dude. Do we know why they targeted him? I don't remember. Well, because they were doing like stuff experiments on him, right, or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think um, I was actually gonna bring that up. Um, this idea of a, of a of a false flag operation, right? Like, um, uh, sort of a tragic event engineered to to give the government more power, which is exactly what they were doing. They they were testing it on the sort of undesirables or people that were considered to be less than. Um, they're testing the virus on them, trying to find a cure because you can't have a biological weapon without a cure. Otherwise, right. it just goes on and on. Right. So he was he was really the he was the test subject who survived. Um, so he was the cure. Oh. Which they don't. Gotcha. Which, when watching, maybe I misunderstood, but I didn't think they made that very clear in the movie. I don't think they did either. It took me several watches to like really understand what was happening. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then I was also gonna think. I was thinking about um, about nine eleven again, where after that, not only so the country kind of came together, but there were also a lot more security things came about, like the Patriot Act and um, the sort of idea of mass surveillance. Really, was sort of 
was ignited by 9-11. Um, mm -hmm. And in the movie, it's the exact same thing. When this biological weapon comes out, um, they start cracking down and uh, <clears throat> they start uh, this sort of mass surveillance campaign. So I thought those two things were very, um, very uh, intertwined. Yeah, intertwined or just apropos. Yeah. I don't know. I think people don't probably give like enough credit about like surveillance stuff. Like I think uh. we're all kind of we all would prefer to turn a blind eye to it. Mm -hmm. And like with all the stuff about Facebook and Russia and everything like that, it's, it kind of feels like a blip compared to everything else that's happening, or at least like media kind of makes it seem that way. But, like it's a really big deal. <laughs> it's a, so scary. I just want to remind everyone it's kind of a big deal and no, it's not great. Like watch some Snowden stuff. See what's up. Yeah. Actually, when I was in Serbia, a lot of um, Serbians were really interested in talking more about Snowden because I think the movie had just come out there and they were like, oh, is this yeah. real? Did this happen? All this stuff. And of course, you know, Steph had a lot of things to say and <laughs> think, <laughs> yeah. And so it's just interesting. Oh. Why don't we talk about a, a, a psychologically interesting character? Put, the, put that degree to work. Well, okay. Um, what, let's start with, let's go with Jesse. Jesse, who do you think is one of the more interesting characters psychologically in the, in the film? I want to say, I mean, of course I want to say like a lot of the main characters, but like, I actually really think that Stephen Fry's character is interesting. Uh, hmm. That's, that's the talk of, show host, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like it's interesting how he shifted. He tried so hard to hide his identity, his sexual identity so much that he just became like a total like misogynist. And, hmm. Hmm. um, but like his preservation of all these things, like his use of his money and privilege to preserve all of these banned items, I think always struck me as so amazing that I just thought the fact that he knew that it was all so important and that his, his hidden, because of his non-visible identity, he was able to use that privilege to right. preserve things that felt important um, to kind of make use of his ability to stay and be alive in, in that country. Hmm. So, yeah. yeah, he, he was really interesting. Also, was there anything with how he made the eggs the same as how, <laughs> oh. I think it's like a British thing. Okay, but I also, maybe I'm reading too much into this. I was like, what if V was, like, the reason that they were, because we don't know the reason that they were, like, testing on him, do we? I don't Well, actually, that's a good point. Because, like, what if V was actually a gay man, and they he was out, and that's how they got him? I mean, that would make sense. Um, yeah, because that that's, that's where they put all the people they didn't want to be part of their community so there was something something up with him yeah so i was just wondering if like drawing that parallel between the two of them hmm. like that's what they were trying they to were say like, that's what gay people they do were, like, in love with each other oh <laughs> they, they, make, they make the egg in the no toast. no not that all gay people make their eggs that way but like <laughs> like in the like Coffee. you know it's so stereotypical that's the number one stereotype I also made that so much every time I watch a movie I always start making it again because it's so good Ooh, I want to make that I, I, get all I haven't eaten breakfast yet what it's so late I know guys I know. I'm about to have second breakfast I can't wait um, but yeah I was just like because in the thing he's like oh that's a strange coincidence although there's an obvious explanation and he's like yes I am V and, like, kind of jokes about it. Right. But, like, I don't know. What if that was them kind of trying to say that, like, they have this shared thing in common in a kind of metaphorical way? Yeah, I don't know what that's all about. That's actually really weird. Because, like, why include it, then? All people in the Resistance eat that for Right, but also, like, Evie was like, what is that? I've never seen eggs like this before. And it's like, these are the only two places she's seen people make these eggs. Maybe she's just a weirdo. <laughs> I don't know. 
<laughs> yeah. I, anyway. I, she's, really sh- she's really sheltered. <laughs> yeah, and I guess they both kind of collect those artifacts too, don't they? Yeah, they do. That is interesting. And V was kind of sad. He was like, yeah, they killed him because they found the Quran. Maybe they just knew each other. But don't you think that they would have made that a little more obvious? Like, maybe he's like, oh, I only know one other person who does this. Or, like, Stephen Fry's character would have been, like, more, I don't know, surprised by when she said that. Yeah, well, maybe it kind of plays back into what you were talking about with this idea that he has um, this sort of hidden, hidden identity, right? And he's kind of become so used to not talking about it that doesn't even occur to him to even mention that oh yeah v and i are bros from way back yeah like it's just so it's just like so repressed he's so yeah well i don't repress maybe just conditioned to to be defensive like that since we talk about trauma all the time Mm. (laughs) i mean literally every single person in this movie is totally traumatized oh my god yeah (laughs) And, like, God, also, like, V was so traumatized and then basically traumatized Evie. Yes. Which is very psychologically interesting, right? This idea. Yeah. uh... And then she was grateful. It's all so messed up. But there's this, there's a, what is it called? There's a, there's a concept in Breer's book about, oh, no, not Breer's. Actually, Duran talks about this a lot, like the cycle of internalized oppression, where if you don't deal with your own trauma, then you are bound to traumatize someone else in a similar way. Mm -hmm. And not because you're a bad person, but just because you don't know how else to deal with it other than to project it onto another. Hmm. So that's why when we talk about people who are abusers have most likely also been abused, Mm -hmm. um, which obviously doesn't say it's okay that they abuse people, but it gives a lot of hope in terms of um how we help people who are who abuse um and maybe in a preventative way but yeah i don't know right and like with v he's very like in dealing with his trauma he's like now i fear nothing i'm i'm much better now and like i want that for you without giving her any choice in the matter Do you think that's like a weird form of resilience? Yeah. It could be the way he expresses his resilience. Yeah, I guess I just like, I still feel like it was such a like, he got so lucky in that she had the reaction that she did. But do you think he picked her because he thought that she would have that reaction? Like he could have picked anybody. Right, but like, I just think that, like, trauma is so unpredictable Mm -hmm. and, like, how people are going to respond to it. And it's so individual. And, like, I feel like it's, like, some people who you're, like, oh, they're, like, a really resilient person. They'll be fine. It will, like, completely, like, devastate them. Um, It'll be much more, like, clinically significant issues after. But, I mean, and there's, like, some predictive factors, but I just feel like it's not... There's nothing that's, like, foolproof that guarantee this person's going to have this reaction. Right. So, like, I still feel like he was really taking a huge gamble by doing this. And, like, it, he got lucky in that she was, like, grateful. Well, maybe it's not the but first time he, he's done it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was going to say, like, what do you think? Do you think he felt like he would have lost something if, if it didn't work out the way that he wanted it to? Like... Yeah. Like, what did he have to lose? If he just sees her as a tool and but not like a really good person. I mean, I don't know. Because well, he also talked about how much he like struggled every single day with like putting her through what he put her through. But did he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but did he really? <laughs> Probably not. I... If I could see his DBT diary journal, that'd be really great. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, do you think he felt remorse? I think he did, or he's, like, a truly master manipulator. Like, tons of, like, psychopathic tendencies. Yeah. I 
think about what I said in in his class about like how a lot of people think about greater good idea. Mm. Right. And of course how that kind of turns into I mean, as I saw in the movie, like basically anarchy. <laughs> um, yeah. But when do you when are you okay with putting other people's lives at stake? Mm-hmm. For the quote unquote greater good. Right. Yeah. I think it goes back to what this this movie does really well. It's just sort of blend that idea of protagonist versus antagonist and what's what's going to be accepted and what's not yeah yeah and i i don't know i just feel like they try to make him into this like it's like a very romantic he's a very romantic idea yeah mm-hmm. which is why they kissed because it's romantic <laughs> it's a romantic idea so well, time, so much romance. No, every time I hear Paige's like frustrated voice, I just keep thinking about how she hates the kids. <laughs> I hate the kids. It ruined the movie. <laughs> You're like, like oh. right towards the end too. I was like, what? No, no. <laughs> uh, but oh. it's, I don't know. I mean, he also he is this idea. I get there's a lot of like metaphor surrounding him, and like the imagery is all very meaningful. And a lot of symbolism, but like also he is a person who like went through a deep, deep trauma. And like he's kind of a messed up person. And I don't that's why I like don't like the romance aspect of it. Yeah. And yet reason number fifty two, I don't like the kiss. <laughs> Yeah, no, let's keep talking about the kiss, please. Yeah. No, I'm done talking about the kiss. I have nothing else to say. (laughs) I didn't even know, guys, I honestly didn't even know going into this podcast that I was this upset about it. The more I'm thinking about it, the more upset I'm getting. (laughs) I mean, uh, any last thoughts? Otherwise, I think that's a pretty good place to wrap up discussion of of the film. No, that's all I had to say so far. That's it. Paige, anything else you hated that uh, you want to tell us about? Just that kiss. That kiss is going to puke. But besides that, great movie. Okay. Okay. Um, well, yeah, let's uh, let's uh, go around, say, say what you're looking forward to, um, and uh, we'll do our sign-off. I'll, okay. I'll start us off, if that's okay. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, go for it. I believe yesterday um, the – trailer dropped for westworld season two um if you're listening to this podcast and you have not seen westworld season one stop it stop it i've seen one episode okay well then you you are you gonna say something no i was just gonna say get your shit together it's kind of my oh it might be my catchphrase stop stop. (laughs) what do you say i also have only seen like one episode yeah well if you haven't seen it get on it the season two trailer looks pretty crazy um in the positive sense of that word and uh yeah looking forward to that westworld season two comes out april 26 i think so looking forward to that cool yeah jesse um Paige, do you want to go or do you want me to go let's let the guests go last so that there's a big build up perfect okay well i can't <laughs> wait to hear what jesse's gonna say um well i have two things kind of like one that i like really enjoyed um uh, i went and watched game night recently oh was it good Oh my gosh, it was so good. I laughed the entire movie like out loud. And I like I honestly have not had that much fun in a movie in a like a while. And so I was just really pleasantly I love finding a comedy that is actually funny and that I actually enjoy. Ooh, well I'll have to go see. So Jesse, you and your comedy chops are gonna love it. <laughs> Perfect. Um, and then the thing I'm looking forward to is, um, April 6th, one week from today, uh, Quiet Place is coming out oh, yeah. with oh, John Krasinski, Emily Blunt. Uh, but scary. like, Jesse, you have to go. Yeah, you're invited. It's, it has like, oh, it's yeah. so scary, guys. I like literally can't, I can't even, I can't watch anything. It's, it's not going to so be that scary. scary. Listen, like, I'm a, I'm bad at jump scares. Okay. Scary. Well, this is a really quiet movie, yeah. so there's probably no jump scares, yeah, right? Probably. <laughs> Shut up, you guys. It also has like a 98% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. And here is my here's a fun tip on going to a scary movie in the theater: wear a scarf, because then you can hide in it. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say it. it feels like someone's choking you, so it's like you're actually there. <laughs> 
So then it's really realistic. It's like one of those like dinner and a show, like interactive things. So you guys know how I get like my hands get sweaty and like I get really nervous and then I just am stressed for like two hours and it's no fun. Well, what about Shane? Does Shane like scary movies? Yeah, he does. He'll go with you guys. Okay, good. All right, Jesse, what about you? Um, so I just wanted to remind everyone that Queer Eye got picked up for a second season. Oh, good. Woo! It's really important to my emotional stability because I love it so much. <laughs> yes. And I don't know. I I was watching some movie trailers the other day because that's what I do to procrastinate. <laughs> and I realized that Ocean's 8 is coming out in the summer. <gasps> yes. I'm super excited about. Um, but also, music-wise, I'm seeing a bunch of shows this summer, so I'm pumped okay okay like what you're seeing yeah. high i'm with with some rad people and some and then, lizzo and some lizzo of course i can't forget about lizzo um at the end of may and then i'm seeing oh, <laughs> shane and i are reliving our middle school selves and going to see taking back sunday and coed in cambria yeah. in september um because we both love them, and I'm super excited. And I feel like I'm getting to the point where I'm going to be too old to go to those shows. Like, I can't mosh anymore at a certain point. So once I hit 30, that'll be no more. Um, so we're going to go to that. All right. Well, uh, let's call it an episode. Um, Jesse, thanks for coming on uh, and giving us your views on a, very, a film that seems very appropriate for today's modern era. Well, thanks for having me. Um, is there anyone you want to shout out to? Um, no. <laughs> okay, well, this is going <laughs> My on. My favorite is already right here, so oh. that's all I have to say. Oh, that's sweet. stop it. Oh, you guys. Um, yeah, well, you know I love In, like, a non-romantic way, so, you know, don't worry. Oh, good. I'm like, which apparently that. is possible. Which <laughs> <laughs> I am so living much. proof of that. <laughs> Great. Well, my, the feedback I got from my mother when she listened to our first episode mm. was, make sure to say the name of your podcast more. What's it called again? Say it at the end. So, Thank you, Becky. This has been Film Theory 101. Psych.